Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. is Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. This is Shannon, and I am here tonight with Kristen, Stacy, and Melissa. And we are finally settling down to talk about Bridgerton, Yay! which is Yay! very, very, very amazing. Yes. I time for it to come, and it appeared on Christmas Day. And now, of course, less than a month later, it's all watched and whatever shall do. Yep. But <laughs> before we get into a deep dive, I just want to go over the usual housekeeping information. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So Bridgerton, for those who do not know, is based on the iconic Bridgerton series, which is a series of Regency historical romances by Julia Quinn, adapted for Netflix by the Shondaland Media Corporation. So I have read all eight of the Bridgerton books, Mm -hmm. and I love them. I think, you know, the first one has its problems, which we will get into a little bit later. But I really, really love the Bridgerton, just the whole feel of that series. And Kristen, you have read the first couple, right? I've read, um, I started book two, but once I realized that that the season one wasn't going to go past book one, really, I, I didn't finish it yet. So I have read all of book one. Okay. And Stacy, you have not read any? Um, I feel like I'm going to get, like, stoned to death. But no, you shall no, not. I, I actually, had read full the first disclosure, no, I, I bought it um, to, to read for Bridgerton um, before the series came out. Because, as you all know, um, I was worried I couldn't get into the series because of all the ballrooms. And my friends, yes. let me tell you, there are a lot of ballrooms. There and, are. Um, there are. <laughs> so, um, but now I, I'm working my way around uh, to reading it now um, because okay. I did love, I love the series so much and I know the books are even better. Um, but no, I haven't <laughs> actually read them yet. Full transparency. <laughs> and Melissa, have you read all of them or only some of them? All of them. Okay. Yeah. So... As Stacy said, the series, as it was shown on Netflix right now, like season one of what they're calling Bridgerton, 
is based on The Duke and I, which is book one in the Bridgerton series. And this is the story of Daphne Bridgerton, who ends up with the Duke of Hastings. And there are some pretty big conflicts here. Um, So Melissa, I'm going to start with you. How did you think they did at adapting it like from the page to the screen like just in general and the well the whole episode it had me you know I love this time period so I enjoyed it um I did have to laugh because this is supposed to be Regency romance and and they have a first sex scene in the first five minutes of the of the episode and there's and I'm listening to it with the audio description and it's like (laughs) he is thrusting and then then, (laughs) the servant is mortified and has his back turned yeah (laughs) so I'm like wow and it just it has a lot of humor and comedy and I I really enjoyed the way they adapted it to the to the screen and Kristen I really think they did a great job um I because I've read the first book um I was I almost honestly didn't watch it because in the very first episode um some things happen out of order in the season in the in the show mm-hmm. versus the book oh, which is uh-huh. not yeah, that's true it's not overall bad, um, but it can be confusing if you've read the book. So that kind of almost turned me off, but I pushed through it, and then it started to make more sense. And then mm-hmm. by the sec- end of the second episode, I was like, okay, this I'm, I see why they did it that way. And, you know, it, it really turned out to be a really great ad- adaptation from page to screen. I thoroughly enjoyed all eight, all eight episodes. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that I think they did a good job I think there were certain things that they didn't show in the book Um, like I did miss a little bit of that sort of um, camaraderie that you get from the Bridgerton family on the page I felt like Mm -hmm. that was not that wasn't as evident Mm, I don't know I saw it I think like I feel like we I, saw I some know. of it could... later on in the yeah. series, but the first yeah. several episodes, not so much. I also yeah, maybe like, maybe that yeah. I also like book Violet a little bit more than screen Violet. Violet, yeah. Um, I feel like she's not quite as like oblivious and well, yeah, like she's she's sharper. I feel like on the page than she uh-huh. was on the screen. Yeah. Um a little more forward and not yeah, so a little bit like I don't but know. The, like she she has yeah. a way of really keeping track of everybody and like keeping everybody mm-hmm. in line mm-hmm. yeah. that I didn't see as much on the screen. Like mm-hmm. she felt a little bit more traditional yeah. than I feel like the mm-hmm. the book Violet was. And I said the characters, some of them, like uh, Anthony and Violet, they actually really had a good chemistry. 
Um, oh, you know, uh-huh. and they, oh, you, yeah, I love you could, it was believable that he was, they were mother and son. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, but there are some things that were added to mm-hmm. the series that like we didn't see in the book, like the whole yeah. thing about Marina. That threw me off. Yeah. <laughs> like that, we that know Marina through mm-hmm. that threw me off. We know Marina as Philip's wife from Mm. To Sir Philip with Love, which is five in the series. Yeah. Um, And we never really get Philip's backstory. Like we don't know a lot about Marina, who is his his first wife. And so it was very interesting to see her kind of given um, a little bit of a story here and being more of a main part of Mm -hmm. the show. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Because um, that that threw me a little bit because I was like I don't remember her from the first book, right? Um, and if she was mentioned at all, which I feel bad because I should have reread the book because I read it like mid last year. Um, but I felt bad. I was like, if she was mentioned at all in the first book, I'm not recalling it. But I do think that even if she wasn't, it was a good addition to the first series. So, Stacy, as someone who hasn't read the book, how did Marina and her just overall story like fit for you in the overall plot? I honestly was a little um, confused why it was part of the series, why it was part of the season. It, it sort of felt kind of separate to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't dislike it. I, I found it interesting because I think it did kind of demonstrate the way that women were treated, especially if something, if they did anything outside the norm of what Mm -hmm. society expectations, societal expectations were. But, you know, for me, I just sort of felt like I wanted to see more of um, (laughs) Daphne and Simon banging in the library. And like, I didn't really care (laughs) so much about Marina, but I I did find um, the story she was telling interesting, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is a piece of the story that like we don't really get in yeah. the books. Um, you don't really see like you see some typical things that you see in recency romances, like that women's main job in those times was to it's marry. To get married, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that is very well illustrated both on screen and in the books. But Marina does sort of add some extra depth to that in that, like, what if you suddenly are not considered marriageable? Like, then what are your mm-hmm. options? Mm-hmm. So I did like that um, she was you know, able to kind of illustrate that women didn't really have a lot of options in those situations, especially options that were considered like good. Or knowledge mm-hmm. of like right. what's even happening to their bodies, I guess, would yeah. be. And I, I don't know if that was even part of like the Duke and I was Daphne as unclear um, about sex ah, and so. joining because I sort of felt like all of that maybe sort of fit together. Marina having children. I mean, Penelope and um, Eloise were kind of like, what, what is what does she have? Is it catching? Like, how yes. is this? And, you know, <laughs> right. was that part yes, of the, the original series? Right. Mm. So... Let's talk about that because that kind of steers us into what a lot of people feel is the big problem with The Duke and I as a book and why a lot of people decide 
not to read the Bridgertons and not to kind of, you know, keep falling into that world. So for people who haven't read the book, this is kind of a spoiler. Um, but if you've watched the show, I feel like you know enough of what's, what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So in the book, we see that Simon does not want to have children. He doesn't want to marry. He doesn't want to have children just like we see on screen. Mm-hmm. Daphne, her like biggest desire is to have a big family like the one she grew up in. So right away, they're at odds in the book. They end up having to marry for reasons that pretty closely mirror what happened in the show. So, yeah. But then Simon tells Daphne that she, he can't have children. Not that he won't, not that he doesn't want to, but that he can't. Exactly. And at first she believes that to be true. Yeah, she believes him to be like like feral inept or, or yeah, sterile. Like sterile or something of that nature which turns right. out to so not be true. <laughs> right. So then she starts realizing that when they're having sex he pulls out mm-hmm. so as not to get her pregnant. Mm-hmm. And she starts to realize that it's not that he can't give her children it's that he won't. Won't. Yeah. And so there's a scene that I think they they altered some in the book. I mean, in the in the show to make it more palatable. But we see that Simon is drunk and they are having sex and Daphne is on top. And so she just will not let him pull, pull out, out yeah. even though he wants <laughs> yeah. to. Mm-hmm. And this causes a massive rift between them yeah so i feel like in some ways she is like she doesn't know a lot about sex um no it's not no, it's... quite as as stark as it is in the it's is on screen okay but yeah. you get you know she doesn't have a lot of that knowledge um so i mean she's not completely naive but she Definitely yeah, she has missed the boat a little bit when it comes to sexual right. education. Yeah, she knows that she knows, I think, that there has to be sexual acts in order mm-hmm. to have babies, but I don't think she understands the mechanics of what the guy actually does to create mm-hmm. that baby. And so she and I I can't remember if in the book um she does the same as in the in the series where she asks the maid eventually she doesn't explain ask it all the to her maid i think in the book i think she comes yes, to maybe understand cause... it from hearing like there's a comment about like somebody like like there needs to be like good strong seed or something someone mm-hmm. makes yeah. a comment yeah, so I I think I that she's not completely oblivious. I just think that she doesn't understand all the the mechanics. Yeah, that go into it. She and, understood but, enough not to let him pull out. <laughs> she did at that point because she because in the series she had already talked to the maid at that point because right. she realized yeah. what was going on and she had talked yeah. to the maid. So I think that I think it was a good contrast, and I think they had to do it that way in the in the in the series to to make it all come together and make sense 
Well, that scene though in the book is what turned a lot of people off from continuing. It is correct. um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess, you know, for those of you who finished the book and continued on, are there more problematic um, sort of scenes like that throughout the rest of the series, the books, or was that just a one-off? I feel like that's very much a one-off like the rest of them are more sort of typical of what you would expect not so much in content but like in the amount of knowledge that that people had in the uh consent or lack thereof like you get more of that of like a modern a a regency romance written in modern times I guess is Mm -hmm. what I would say so I guess (laughs) you know, kind of thinking about that and talking about um, sort of a, a, a Regency romance written sort of in modern times for a modern reader. Um, one reason why I've walked away from sort of the Regency uh, genre is because I find it to be um, bland in terms of any sort of diversity. And I feel like um, one thing that the series has done really well on screen is demonstrate um, diversity throughout the town, throughout the aristocracy. And um, I'm wondering what you all thought about that. Um, Who, especially who've read the books. Cause I really liked all the diversity that was shown. What do you mean exactly by diversity in this? It wasn't all like white, um, blonde, um, upper class you know there was there was diversity of characters I mean Simon Bassett the Duke of Hastings was um an incredibly handsome man of color Mm -hmm. and the queen Queen Charlotte was Was uh, black um she was um I've heard she's mixed races right but I don't know she she's in the in the in the series I think she she looks um African American, I think, but I've I've heard that she is biracial. Right, I Her, think that's in true. history. Okay, in history, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, and they brought in the characters as a black mm-hmm. woman, like yeah. in the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I, I do like, agree. Nice. There. We don't usually, as black women, we usually don't get parts like that playing no. as queen or. You know, but my my aunt Allison that, told me that uh, yeah. the Duke of Hastings could uh, could uh, capture her in the garden at any point. He's kind of really, <laughs> yes. really good well, yeah, I mean, and I, I really liked I liked the diversity, the representation. I liked um, that it showed um, just so much about like a more well rounded um, society. It was less boring to me, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I don't know if I'm saying yeah, that correctly, you but. Yeah, you know, and- you hit it right, Stacy. Because I was, I usually don't um, even reading the books. I usually don't um, read a lot of Regency because I get bored quickly, and and some of them are just just you know sleepers. You know, <laughs> you can go to sleep. <laughs> but um, Julia Quinn, um, you know, she I put her in you know some of the in the list of some of the people that I do read that are romancing in that time period but you know it was actually it um the books weren't as if i'm correct me if i'm wrong chan um the books weren't as uh 
out there with it as some True. of the, as the right. series. <laughs> now, are we talking about diversity or sex or both? Both. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, Netflix is kind of a no-holds-barred type of oh yeah platform <laughs> like they they have no qualms about showing extreme profanity Sex, or yes. sexual content <laughs> or nudity and, <laughs> but you know and and that's another my um to refer to my aunt again when i've talked about watching it on facebook she's like oh mild porn but very good and i'm just like <laughs> okay oh see i thought it was beautiful but, i didn't i didn't feel porn at all like for well, many see, of it, i mean but. she well, certainly wasn't saying it like it that it was bad because she's like she's no prude but it's just she was like just with the fact that for the time period um and for how much is shown on the screen like you see visually you see a lot more on the screen than you would think you should for this type of show and for the time period. So well, that, I mean, she must not have ever read like a historical romance before then, right? I, she, I, I'm not sure, honestly. Um, she didn't know that these were books. And I told her that. I was like, well, you should really read the books. Because if you think the show was scandalous, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I personally love Regency historicals. I kind of, um, Julia Quinn was not my first no Um, foray but you know it's i really like regencies but i also like them written with this kind of pizzazz um Mm -hmm. i like them with more forward women who aren't conforming to society all the way yes they're following that must get married must keep you know find a title that kind of thing but they want to marry for love and they're not about being controlled by the man that they marry Mm -hmm. And that that is what that's what I like to see in my in my romance books, no matter really what era, but especially for that time, you know, it the women were supposed to be what, subservient, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. And they and just submissive. <laughs> yeah. And yes. and these ladies are not that. You know, they married for love and they were treated almost as an equal for you know what they could get away with. And I, I really liked that. And I thought I that really was felt shown badly for the soprano, well. though. I felt really oh, badly Sienna. for the Sienna. mistress. Sienna. Yes. Yeah, she's like, you said you'd protect me. What am I to do I now? Know. That broke I was heart. like, oh, that that's usually how it was in mm-hmm. that time. <laughs> I want to return to the issue of race just for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, partly to talk about something as a blind person, I did not realize who was and wasn't black or white. I didn't either. Right. Yeah. Like there was a lot of stuff that I felt like I didn't get to know, even though there was audio description. And my brother mm-hmm. watched it with a friend of his. And so after he watched it, I asked him. And for example, like I didn't know right away that Marina was a black woman. Oh, mm-hmm. I still didn't know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, just but now. It, that makes sense to me now. I also didn't but know didn't that know Genevieve, the modiste, um, was a black woman. I didn't know that Mm-mm. at all. And so I kind of wish that there had been 
and this I think you know just goes into the description that was written for the show rather than you know things that like the actors or actresses did or didn't do Mm -hmm. but I feel like it would have been helpful to fully understand the characters if we had been able to know you know in the description that like this is I think they tried to write descriptions to be um for lack of a better way to say this politically correct correct Yes. And they feel like if yeah. they point out too much that this person is black, this person is white, this person is blah, 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 that there's going to be um, a racial backlash. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know if there would or would it be. I don't, I don't know if there would or would it be either, but I, I kind of feel like that may be why that they didn't put um, – that in the description because you obviously see it if you can see the screen right and so you know it would have been beneficial for us but i think as people who write these descriptions and have to read them off or whatever or you know perform them i think that may be why yeah um, and only reason i knew is because i have a lot of podcasts um which i will email to the group because there's a list of different romance novels and you know, okay. reviews and stuff um and one of the podcasts i was listening to interviewed one of the writer the head writer and oh. she was talking about it being you know how people of color were um brought to the forefront and and they did it was her her determination not to make it just centered on, you know, pure white bread kind of people. (laughs) (laughs) Her words, not mine. (laughs) So how did that work for you? Like as the only person of color on this episode, like how (laughs) did that work for you? Um, Like, did you feel like it worked well? I didn't under, I didn't understand. Like like you, I was like, oh, okay. Um, And Holly came in and I was watching it and she, so yeah, the queen and the queen's black, and I was like, oh, um, because in with with um, Britain, you're not able to tell whether they're black or white by their voice, um, right? Sometimes you can't, and some, I mean, sometimes sometimes you, you can't even hear. Yeah, and um, I w- was very happy because you know, like I said, we don't usually get those kind of roles, like being the queen we're always the servant um, right <laughs> or the footman or something <laughs> mm-hmm. so when you were able to know that like more of the cast and more of the kind of front runners of the cast um were people of color like did that sort of expand your ability ex- to like kind of fall into the show then no because I was already hooked because okay um it wasn't oh I'm trying to think of any you know let's just say sense and sensibility I hate that that (laughs) that movie adaptation I really do (laughs) but you know it wasn't like that where you know so that really got me paying attention to the story and I have to say the audio description helped a lot um and then when I listened to the interview I was like oh and her point was that they wanted to have a diverse cast because 
we never know. It could have been just as diverse in in uh, in the in that time period as well, because they didn't really right. worry about racism. But to me, I was I was already that just made me like it even more. So, Stacy, now that you have watched the episode or the the series, I should say, do you have like more of an inclination to perhaps check out the books or are you still thinking that like maybe it's still too kind of ballroomy? Well, <laughs> it is very ballroomy. Um, like I, I was actually, it took me until the middle of episode three to truly get hooked because okay. I was like, dear Jesus, here's another ball. Oh my God. Another dance. What? Like, I mean, I just felt like it was constantly people going to balls. And so <laughs> I was like, Ugh. and you know, I, I, I called my husband and I'm like, oh my God, it's another ball. Like, and, and I don't know why that annoys me so much. Cause like, I mean, I, I cut my metaphorical teeth on the Regency romance. I mean, that's yes. what I, for probably yeah. the first like 10 years of my romance reading, I actually preferred historicals and Regencies to anything else. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I just like OD'd on them, but to answer your question, um, once I got really invested in the story, um, I, I will read, I will read the series. Um, it has to be, um, I'm a mood reader. So I have to be in a place where I feel mm -hmm. like I won't like throw my phone across the room. If I start <laughs> reading about too many balls back to back and the, I mean, it just had all the, like the things like the fans, the flirting, the, the ma the maze in the garden and like the, the quiet, quick, you know, tryst on the terrace and like all the things that yes. I, I don't always enjoy, but I will tell you, I thought the story was gorgeous. And I do, I want to like, I want to know Simon and Daphne on a deeper level than I did in the series, because I think yeah. um, as, as, beautiful as so much of it was, I didn't feel like I really got to know them very well um, on more than a surface level. So I do want to read the book just for that. Um, and I have to say sort of like just talking about romance in general, I was in tears for probably 60% of the time because I was so overjoyed that romance representation was actually happening in such a mainstream way. Like yes. all the people yeah. who have mocked us as a genre, mocked us for reading what we love, called it mm -hmm. bodice rippers are now like, oh my God, Bridgerton. Like, did you see Bridgerton? Oh, wasn't he hot? <laughs> and it's like, do you not understand? Like this book came out when I was in grad school. And, yeah. And, and, and so I just sort of felt like this sense of like vindication, like, look at like, this is love on a screen and beautiful, beautiful sex scenes that I loved so much. And I, I, I know that sounds funny, but like everything about it just made me feel like as a romance reader, so proud to be watching mm -hmm. it. And that yes. is probably why I will read the books, even if it's all the freaking fracking ballrooms, because I'm just so proud that it was adapted this way. I'm just <laughs> so. glad I don't have to wear a corset like they had. Oh, dear oh Lord. My gosh. <laughs> I want to talk about Lady Whistledown. We are running um, a little bit close to time here, but I feel like we have to talk about Lady, Lady Whistledown. Lady Whistledown. <laughs> yes. So first of all, I think that Julie Andrews was a remarkable choice so, to voice that I, role. I didn't even realize amazing. it was her until later. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Yeah. 
beautiful. <laughs> like she really did. She was sort of the backbone of the show, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Stacy, you well, and Kristen, you didn't know who Lady Whistledown was, right? Because you didn't get far enough in the actual book series to know. Right. So they don't. No. That's not at the I end of the Duke yet. and I. That's not a great reveal. Because it's at the very end of the final episode, we know who she is. Right. So in the yeah. books, you don't learn who she is until either. I. We didn't exactly learn who she was, though. We did. We did. In the. We did. Because I. Uh huh. I mean, by name. I didn't feel like we learned who it was. Remember at that very end, like when Eloise is thinking back to what she saw in the carriage when she ran. (laughs) Right. When she was saying it was a trap that they, you know, she went, she saw who was in the, like she didn't get to see, but she saw like the shadow of who was in the carriage. And she's thinking about that. And then you see Penelope like, you know, lowering her fan and like you actually see her face. And so you know that it's Penelope. Mm-hmm. I um, did not put that together. Ah, well, there <laughs> we go. Surprise. <laughs> I so, okay. I don't think we knew in the books until the no, end of no. either an office. We certainly gentleman didn't know in the first book. <laughs> or the beginning part of romancing Mr. Bridgerton. Yeah, because um, there is a book called Lady Whistle Down Strikes Back. Oh, yes, there um, is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, it's, uh, I really, her wit is so amazing. <laughs> like what, what she writes and what she says um, really made the series for me in a way. So I don't know. Yes. Do we get I a lot of that in the Lady book Whistledown. as well? Yes, we Lady do. Lady Whistle Down? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's really what turned me on to these books. Um well, it's one of the the big things because just Lady Whistledown is just so I don't know the word for her. She's just so she, like smart, almost in a revolutionary way that like you mm-hmm. don't expect mm-hmm. from but she's a woman. Witty and she's yes, she is very forward. Like she, because you're not supposed to know who she is, she's like. No holds barred. She right. She'll say it, anything. She'll say anything. Put anything out there, and I was just like, "Wow!" And and everybody in 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 the everybody oh. in the town is just like enamored with her. They're like, they don't yes. want anybody to know they read Lady Whistle Down, but everybody <laughs> knows that everybody read, reads Lady. They it's all like do. Dear, yeah, it's kind of like Dear Abby. You don't yeah, want anybody like a, to know. Yes. A little secret that everybody knows, but nobody <laughs> wants you to know they know. I just, yeah. That was one of the big things that turned me on to this book, and I think that um, is it, is Julie Andrews, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think they chose her perfectly for that part, just her voice mm-hmm. of that character. But it's going to be weird to me knowing that it's Penelope writing and having uh, Julie yes. Andrews' ver- yeah. voice there. But I think that if if we hadn't learned who it was so soon, um, her she's just perfect. That's who I can hear in the books when I read. I hear that kind of voice Yes, as yes. Lady Whistledown. I think that was great. I feel like Penn is kind of the like perfect foil 
mm-hmm. like for Lady Whistledown in that yes. like you don't, you know, watching her, you kind of get glimpses that like maybe it's her, but you don't really know. Mm-hmm. And it just, I feel like they, they pulled it off so well. Yeah. So I'm going to bring us to a close unless people have any final thoughts that they want to share. It's gorgeous. Watch it. Love yes. it. Yeah, it's yes. awesome. And hopefully, yeah, they and there's really... hot men in there too. I was just going <laughs> to say, enjoy the beauty that is the Duke of Hastings thrusting yes. top Daphne. And, <laughs> yeah, yes, or Anthony <laughs> and Sienna in the I, tree. I, I kind of <laughs> want an Anthony myself. Like, ah, uh, <laughs> season two. <laughs> hopefully, mm. they really and, will um, release a season per book. Like that yeah. would that would make me so happy. I'm attracted uh, to the damaged ones. Said that um. One of my podcasts said that uh, El- um, that Eloise and Benedict are going to be two of the. They suspect that there will probably be both of them will be gay. Um, I've heard well, the showrunners say that hmm, they're not yeah. deviating from the stories in the main yeah. book, mm-hmm. like that the that characters. I could that would see be... Eloise as a lesbian. Yeah, I could. <laughs> um, but I don't think they'll go there. Yeah. That's what, that's what I said, too, is I don't think they're going to go there. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't read their stories yet, but if, if that's not how it happens or that's not what comes to be in the books, I can't see them deviating that way with it. I don't think Julia Quinn would, would want them to do that. Mm-hmm. They're teasing yeah, us with it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. My last note before I go is to say that if you read Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Talia yes. Hibbert, you yes. will recognize the voice of the narrator as the woman who plays Lady Danbury <gasps> in Bridgerton. Oh, yes. she was yes. the one I loved. Mm. Yes. But I, yes. I haven't read the book, so. They I loved um, Lady Danbury. I love her so much. Danbury. I decided yes, that Danbury. if Floof, aka my Himalayan angel, if she mm. were human, she yeah. would be like the Lady Danbury of, <laughs> of the kitties of the world. Yes. But yes, Aww, it is the same narrator cool. for Chloe Brown. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Who plays Lady Danbury? Wow. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna just. She now I need to go myself. find that book. I need to go hear her as a narrator and not Lady Danbury. <laughs> not it. What did you say, Stacey? Um, I I far far preferred her in the role of Lady Danbury. Um, I would agree with that. She did mm-hmm. not sound youthful enough to be Chloe Brown, although she had a beautiful, um, emotive range. Yes. Um, she didn't sound young. Right. It was a weird pick for Chloe Brown. Hmm. But mm-hmm. I love Lady Danbury and her character. And, you know, we could have spent 20 minutes just on that character alone. And just the, yes. the dowagers of the tall. We could have talked about them for a long time, too, because they were pretty amazing. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I want to thank Stacy, Melissa, and Kristen 
for joining me for a deep dive into Bridgerton. I loved it so incredibly much, and I'm so glad that all of you agreed to come and chat with me about it. Thanks, as always, to Christine for all of the editing that she does for each and every episode you hear. And thank you so much to all of you who join us for all of our discussions of books, and in this case, book-to-screen adaptations. If you would like to let us know your thoughts, you can do that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. And not only does it allow us to see your feedback, but it also helps other book lovers to find us, which is a great thing. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with more bookish fabulousness. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more discussion of great books. Take care, everybody.